They're coming to get you, Barbara, huh? Barney Kinkle, the only person you're going to scare is yourself. Oh. <laughs> gotcha. Mm. Good night, Harvey. Good night, Sabrina. Greendale, where it always feels like Halloween. There lived a girl who was half witch, half mortal, who, on her 16th birthday, would have to choose between two worlds, the witch world of her family and the human world of her friends. And that girl is me. Are you willing to forsake the path of light and follow the path of night? Hey, what's going on everybody and welcome to another great edition of Nothing To Watch. Brought to you by Sideshow Conversations. It's me, the High Priestess of the Hour, Val Sisko. And today we're going to be talking about a series that's been catching some buzz on the Netflix side of things over there. It's something that has been a bit of a controversy in the... Uh, in both communities of Luciferian churches and, of course, Catholicism as well, too. Um, fans do like it, and fans have their mixed reactions as well, too. But I just think it's fun, fantastic, and something different that's uh, been given to us, especially very, very refreshing, in my opinion. This is The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. And guys... I've been waiting to watch this series since I heard about it. Um, I'm a big, big fan when it comes to Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Maybe it's because of nostalgia from the 1990s series. Um, maybe it's because um, I do like Archie comic books, uh, especially um, when he does cross over to different worlds as well, too. And, of course, Sabrina is a part of that Archie universe in a, in a way, in a way. Um, I do like the fact that the series, when it was first announced, was supposed to be a companion to Riverdale that's on the CW network. Um, from what I've seen so far in the series, they do talk about Riverdale a lot of times. They don't talk about characters in Riverdale, but they do talk about the town like it's just a town away. Like a car drive away, if you want to say maybe 10 minutes. So I found that very interesting and refreshing as well, too. But I could also see... Um, why the CW didn't want this maybe uh, as a companion directly on the CW network because of the fact that it's a little, um, a little out there. Not gruesome or crazy. Heck, I think that um, the sexual undertones in, in Riverdale uh, go way beyond what we got in um, The Chilling Adventures. Um, I feel that this show makes people uncomfortable. Especially if you are a devout Christian or Catholic or anything that has to deal with um, the Jewish Christian God. And of course, if you do read the Bible, um, you're going to feel a certain way watching this show. Like, hmm, that's a little strange there. But me personally, I just found it very refreshing because these characters treat the material, the source material, so well. To the T in, in some ways. 
Um, it is based off of a comic book that um, was a reboot or a reimagining, if you will, of the Sabrina character. So let's kind of talk about Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Um, it's a comic book series that was published by Archie Comics about the adventures of a fictional American teenager named Sabrina Spellman. Uh, Sabrina was created by writer George Gallader and artist Dan DiCarlo. It first appeared in Archie Madhouse 22 in 1962. Wow, guys, look at that. All the way in the 60s, we got this character right there. Uh, of course, she's a half-witch. Um, her mother's ordinary human or mortal, and... Of course, her father is part of the witching community. Warlock, witch, however you want to say it there. She is raised by her aunt Hilda and Zelda, both witches themselves, uh, live in a town called Greendale, right next to Riverdale, which Archie Andrews does live in. Um, of course, Sabrina does have her cat Spellman, who helps her out and is her conscience throughout these um, adventures that she does have. Um... This series right here, like I said, is a departure. The Netflix series, the Chilling series, is a departure from the original adaptation of Sabrina. Um, I want to see even the 90s show is, uh, is a little bit different from what we got from 1960s Sabrina. Um, while the 90s series is a little bit more whimsical, fun, you know, for that ABC family community, that, that TG uh, Friday, TGIF Friday community, whatever it's called, um, you know, Smart Guy, Boy Meets World, TGIF, you know, you kind of got that tone, you know, wholesome family fun. And this show, although I feel like it's family fun in certain ways, I feel that if you're not open-minded to certain things, you're going to be put off by this series. Um, definitely, definitely, definitely is... Um, the Chilling Adventures is based off the series that came out not too long ago, where um, it takes a darker tone for the Sabrina character, um, going more into the lore of Luciferian churches, and um, shedding, I guess, a normal light on it, <laughs> you know, uh, with different characters and different lore and different um, mythos into that series. I like it a lot. I think it's pretty fun. I like that series. I've read that series, and I find it very refreshing, even though the Netflix series doesn't go beat by beat um, from the comic book. I think it's still a faithful adaptation, especially from the characters. So now that we know about Sabrina a little bit, let's talk about the Chilling Adventures. Chilling Adventures of Sabrina is an American supernatural horror web television series, say that ten times fast, developed... Um, for Netflix based on the comic book series by the same name. The series was produced by Warner Bros. TV and um, produced also by Greg Berlanti, along with other people as well, too, as uh, executive producers serving. The series is centered on the Archie Comics character Sabrina Spellman, portrayed by Kieran Shipka. I probably set up her name wrong right there. Shipka, I'm going to say that there. It's probably wrong. If, they, if somebody can correct me on that, please do. But I'm going to say Shipka. Also stars Ross Lynch, who you may know from you know the Austin and Alley shows and things of that nature. Hell, he even played Jeffrey Dahmer at one point, I believe. Uh, Lucy Davis, uh, Chance Perdamo, Michelle Gomez, and a couple of other people as well, too, who are great, 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 great side characters. Originally in development during... September 2017 at the CW, the series was intended to be a comparison series to the CW series Riverdale. However, in December 2017, the project was moved to Netflix with a 
straight two-series order consisting of two seasons filmed back-to-back in British Columbia, Vancouver. Basically, what's happening in this right here is that, in my opinion, I feel that the source material was a little too strong to show on CW. So Netflix, of course, did get the rights to... Uh, you know, produce this and be as dark as they want to. I don't think it's that crazy, and I don't think it would have been too far-fetched to put on the CW, but I feel with, I want to say, the religious undertones or the dark religious undertones, it may have put some people off. But then again, I don't know, man. People watch fucking Vampire Diaries and all that shit on the CW, and that got a hoot, so I don't know. To each his own, man. Uh, series premiered October 26, 2018, and the series has re- received general positive reviews, with critics praising Shipka's performance and the cast as well, too. Also, it does share its controversy, uh, especially with two sides of religion, whether it be the Luciferian Church or the, Catholic, the Catholic Church, Catholicism altogether. So I found that pretty funny, too, that both sides of the co- coin kind of want to pan the series. Um, me, myself, I like this series. From uh, episode 1 to 10, I found it very refreshing. I didn't find any episodes to be very dull or filler. Maybe one episode was kind of filler, but not that much. I found that they, they were looking for interesting ways to put Sabrina in. Um, Shivka does play a great Sabrina. Uh, it's not, you're not going to get Melissa Joan Hart, I believe that was her name, you're not going to get her whatsoever, she is not this um, happy-go-lucky teenager that, you know, enjoys doing magic and talks to her cat all day, um, this is much more of a teenager at odds with herself, um, at odds with being a mortal and a witch, and you've seen the first episode, she's very happy just living both lives, you know, having a boyfriend, having powers to some degree, and just enjoying that little bit of life, living in both ends, you know, burning a candle both ways, but in a good way, um, and toward the middle of the season, and, um, end of the season, we see a totally different direction for this character, she grows, maybe not the way we we were looking forward to, but she definitely grows into someone who we see from the comic books. Um, half, yeah, half human, half witch teenager, Tenling Baxter High, who's just beginning her dark education while trying to maintain her normal life. The series is about her trying to um, deal with being a, a mortal, at, well, half witch, you know, mortal witch in a way as well, too. And with the... I want to say the the supernatural side pressuring her to sign the dark book, and when she does sign the dark book and have a dark baptism like she was supposed to on her birthday, um, she gives all freedom of her soul to, of course, Satan, but at the same token, she does get unlimited power. Um, so she really has to wrestle with that because, you know, her faith kind of means something to her because she was brought up that way. But at the same time, she does like the freedom to know that she can say no to anybody and her, her, her right as a woman, her right as a person, as a human being, uh, is treasured. I find that very, very fun and very interesting because it's like, um, consent in a way, uh, freedom to do what you want to do with your body. And you're not giving anybody else that consent to do it for you. You know, you are you are in control. I found that very refreshing, and it did make a statement in the first couple of episodes. Um, so yeah, her character goes up and down. I think Ross Lynch is not the most deep character in this. I've seen him play deeper roles, and I feel like this guy just plays the 
not the jockey boyfriend, but just the boyfriend is very supportive and kind of is clueless of the world around him. So, I mean, he does deal with some spiritual stuff throughout the series as well, too, more in the later series, but for the most part, he's just a guy that's kind of clueless, and I felt like I wanted a little bit more, uh, more of a character growth from him. Um, even though some people will say, well, yeah, he did, toward, like, episode 6 till 10, but in my opinion, I felt like it wasn't earned whatsoever. Um... Of course, the aunts, you get uh, Lucy Davis playing Hilda, and you're getting um, Miranda Otto playing Zelda. Both of these characters are fun, with um, Hilda, of course, being the very much the, the whimsical aunt that um, kind of gets walked all over. Um, she, she really didn't get walked all over in the 90s series and the older comics. She was more of an equal to Zelda, and this point she definitely is the walking mat you know this is a person who loves to make potions and loves to cook and you know tries to give sabrina advice but you know is okay with people just saying no i guess you know fuck me right uh which is pretty funny and you know lucy davis is a hilarious character to play this role um she does seem uh weak-mannered but at the same time her character does grow toward the end of the series um you know she makes an outstanding performance to the end and really stands up for herself altogether where you have miranda playing zelda um you know stone cold bitch man stone cold you know very much the person who's trying to shape sabrina into the witch that she needs to be you know could care less about greendale could care less about mortals and just wants her to go on the right path you know orchestrated her baptism her dark baptism to um um, sign the dark book and you know basically i want to say do what she was um told to do or or uh, i guess um this is her penance to to her brother her for sabrina's father to um look after sabrina and get her to that point there i think it was more of an obligation than anything even though i think she loves sabrina to death yes she does but i feel like she was more of an obligation to her brother and her brother's wishes um we don't necessarily see sabrina's family like that as far as her mother and father maybe in the later episodes we get a glimpse of where her mom is at and what her dad has done but a lot of this stuff is set for a season two, which we already announced, was already announced. They were being filmed back to back. But um, I felt like they're saving that for later seasons there. So that's interesting. Other characters are in this. Um, Chance uh, Perdomo, I want to say I said that name correctly, plays Ambrose Spellman, Sabrina's cousin, who is um, very much a person that plays uh, the Salem character from the 90s TV series. Um, very much the Jiminy Cricket. He is someone that advises Sabrina when she needs it, um, is her conscience to say, do you really want to do this? And ultimately helps her when she needs help the most. He is someone that's on house arrest, and I found out pretty funny, you know, a witch that basically can't do anything. Um... He runs the mortuary with the Spellman family as well, too. If I didn't mention that before, yes, um, the household that they live is also a mortuary. They're in the business of, you know, making dead people look pretty. So I found that pretty fun as well. Um, but yeah, um, Ambrose's character um, is pansexual as well, too, which I found very interesting. Um, and a black character as well, too, which I found very interesting as well, too. And he really does get into his sexuality and his race throughout the series. Um, it's hard to live in the real world as uh, someone who who's gay and black. Um, for someone to be 
at house arrest, not being able to love anybody or have any kind of connection with anybody, let alone use their powers, um, you can see the, the, the light drift away from him in certain episodes. He just does not care. And he definitely has a redemption arc throughout the series as well. I feel like um, you get to see him break away from that shallow character and really come into a character of his own. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, so many other characters in this, whether you have the High pri a Priest, uh, Blackwood, whether you have um, Miss Satan, um, you know, she is just fantastic in her own right. I mean, that's just me. I, I think I uh, Michelle Gomez was the best in this series. Madam Satan, excuse me. I feel like um, she is Sabrina's... Um, ultimate rival even though she has a rival in this in this series she's gonna be a definite a force to be reckoned with in the next season she is someone that is hired from satan to essentially be um the whisperer in sabrina's ears to go into the dark side you know she inhabits one of sabrina's favorite teachers in the school and just you know tries to push her using magic to solve problems, to get revenge on people, to resurrect people, you know, to do things to bring her closer to Satan, or at least bring her closer to the dark church. Um, ultimately pushing Sabrina to her limits as well, too. Definitely is a spider who spins the web and sets events um, that would change the the perception of what people think about Sabrina in the later episodes. I found that pretty fantastic. She does borderline seem like she cares about Sabrina, but I don't know what that's about. Maybe that'll be elaborated in the next season as well, but um, I'm not going to spoil her big reveal. I like her reveal, and if you read the comics, you know her reveal as well too, but I found that she was very refreshing as a character. She's in every episode. She is someone that um, you kind of root for helping Sabrina, but also know that she's very devious and she's doing things with um ulterior motives um so many other people in this um jazz and claire um a brash empowered outspoken daughter of greendale's minister who is um, sabrina's best friend i found her as a normal character as a as a mortal character very very interesting as well too someone who does um stand up for rights for either reading or rights for women's sake or or just stands up for friends in general, a very proactive, protesting kind of um, girl in high school, which, you know, I love that right there, very empowering. Um, also, someone who's very clairvoyant as well, too. We see that in the later episodes, that she has that ability um, to be, I guess, clairvoyant to see things or see people's past or fears, which I found pretty interesting as well, too, um, especially when she looks at Sabrina. Um, so many other characters here, I can name them all, but I just think that, um, in general, every character had a point to be in this season. Uh, no character was wasted, in my opinion. I think, um, the only thing that was wasted, and it wasn't really a character, I can't say that, because of what, um, the character in the comic books and the series and everywhere else, um, it's very much a profane character, but I think people relate to this character because of the 90s TV series, and that's Salem. Um, Salem was basically the main character of Sabrina, if it wasn't Sabrina. And I think people were looking forward to getting into the series as someone uh, or something of importance, and definitely Salem really wasn't. Salem was 10% 
in this series. I feel like um, the character was a non-existent character. I felt like, and that kind of is in the, in the comic book series as well too, in the darker series, the Chilean series, that Salem is more of a familiar and more just someone who checks on Sabrina every once in a while trying to get her out of trouble or at least um, there when she needs her the most as well too as uh, to warn off enemies and spirits and things of that nature. Um, but I never felt like, uh, I don't know, that Salem was going to steal the show or steal an episode. I felt like it was just background noise, which was a little unfortunate too. I could see why certain fans were put away by that. Um... But, I want to say at episode 10, you get a, a good revelation of where they might go with Salem. Especially um, in, throughout the whole series, people do have familiars. And you keep on hearing Zelda mention that, yes, familiars do talk with their owners, but can't be heard from anybody else. And you do see Sabrina talking to Spell, uh, Spellman, look at me, to Salem. But more as, you know, Salem just saying, yeah, you know, meow this and meow that, just, you know, as a regular cat. But Sabrina does understand what he's saying. Um, in one of the later episodes, one of the main characters has a familiar, and the familiar is actually talking with words. You know, you hear it crow at one point, but then starts talking actual words. And I'm like, oh, maybe we can get somewhere now. I don't know why they made that change in episode 10, but we'll just have to see the next season. Um... Very dark, very, very, very dark undertones. I can see why people be put off because it gets into the Luciferian culture with the Baphomet statues, with praying for Satan at dinner tables and things of that nature, black baptisms and things of that nature, sacrifices and eating people at one point, cannibalism. So I can see why people could get put off, but it's not as bad as I'm saying it right now. Like, you would have to really watch this series and experience it. And no, it's like a softer version of American Horror Story. Very softer version, you know. There's not cursing, there's not a abundant amount of sex. I feel like there's more sex in Riverdale than there is in this show. And there are ten episodes deep. Um, you would think with a culture that really um, thrives on giving in to your own ambitions and um, being very free free for free to love anyone you would get I uh, some I guess more gory or more uh, outlandish scenes but we didn't they're they're pretty pretty okay like a 13 year old can watch this and understand what's going on in my opinion and as long as they're pretty open with certain things that go on I think that a 13 year old 14 year old can watch this show with no problem and it'd be okay. Now, if you're part of a Catholic family, Jewish family, or just a family that really watches the, uh, watches the Bible, look at me, I'm such a millennial, um, that reads the Bible, and, um, <laughs> that was horrible, people, that reads the Bible and, you know, understands words and texts like that, then, of course, you might feel a little offended, but, I don't know, I just, I found it refreshing, just people with their own religions dealing with their own life, and, um, I don't know, I just found it fun. I found it real fun. I love this series. Like, I give it a 5 out of 5. I found um, um, Shipka's character very endearing. Um, and her growth to become the actual character we see in the comic books is very fun, especially in that last episode. That last episode sets the tone so much. It's like we got Batman Begins, and now we can actually start getting some Batman stories. So, this was pretty cool. I enjoyed it fully. Um, we can talk about the controversy right here, and the only controversy that I see is just like the Catholic Church wants it banned off of Netflix because of um, welcoming Satanism or Luciferianism 
into this culture. They're two different things, people. Look it up. Um, and then you have the Satanic Church, <laughs> or a Satanic Church, trying to sue Netflix or sue Sabrina um, because of the Baphomet statue that's inside um, one of the um, academies, Dark Academy, for Sabrina. It looks exactly like one of their Baphomet statues. So, you know, you're having... Um, both sides of the coin come at you. You must be doing something right, <laughs> in my opinion. Um, I don't know. I can't really stress how much this series is very refreshing and very fun. Every episode is different. Every episode gives you something um, to be um, thinking about, whether it's references for other movies. Like, let's say um, episode two in The Dark Baptism, we get a, a brief, brief uh, scene where she's run away from um, the book and her baptism, kind of like almost a runaway bride. And we get a scene that looks like the evil dead where, you know, branches and twigs are trying to grab her and grasp her, her legs so she wouldn't run anywhere. And straight out of evil dead, it's fantastic to see. Uh, we get episodes that remind you of Archie in a way, just the 1960s aesthetic of old-timey nurse outfits or old-timey minor outfits um, or cafes and things of that nature. Um, throughout the whole series, there's older horror movies happening, like Preacher of the Black Lagoon or Night of the Living Dead, um, White Zombie and things of that nature. It's pretty fun to watch that as well. We get an episode where a demon inhabits this Dublin house and... It's almost like Freddy Krueger beat by beat. This demon puts you to sleep and inhabits your dreams and makes your worst fears come real. I found that refreshing as well. Like, everything is just pretty fun. Like, uh, I wouldn't be upset if we got, like, an Archie Andrews or a Veronica or a Jughead go into the next season, even making a cameo. But they don't need it. They mentioned Riverdale so many times that... It's just like the town over, but he never mentioned characters, so I'm okay with that. I'm okay with not having a crossover, but if that happened, I think it will fit right in. It's very different, but it'll fit right in. Um, that's really about it, guys. Um, ten episodes. You guys can watch this. You guys can enjoy this. You guys can have fun with this. Um, it stays true to the comic book series, at least for the um, dark comic book series, the Chilean series, while also drops a little bit of Easter eggs and hints that go back to the older 1960s series. Um, it is not your Sabrina that you're going to think about from the 90s, so get that out of your head. You're not going to have Spellman speaking and making wisecracks. You're not going to have, you know, uh, just bakery shops and, and Melissa Joan Hart dancing all over the place. This is very much a, a girl who is having trouble accepting her own limitations, a girl accepting... That she can't fix every problem, whether it's with magic or without magic. Someone who's trying to make adult decisions as a teenager. And I think any teenager could relate to this. I think that's the, the kicker right there. That any teenager could relate to this. Um, also deals with, you know, consent. Which is a really big thing these days. It also deals with um, different characters with different sexual orientations. You know, you have Ambrose's character as well too, who's gay. And then you also have other characters as well too, who are... Or are girls that want to be men as well, too. One of Sabrina's best friends is a girl that wants to be a guy as well, too, and gets punched straight in the face um, by a jock in school. They hold no punches, full pun intended. And um, the devastation that is for a person like that to deal with that, that hardship and being ridiculed all day at such a young age, at the age of 16. Like, it's ridiculous. And um, they really expose a lot of things that happen 
in high schools these days. This is a real thing, people. So um, I think it does such a touch on certain social aspects and certain um, aspects that happen at home. Abusive parents, uh, especially with Harvey's parents, uh, Ross Lynch's character. I feel like um, his parents, you know, having that older brother that protects you from drunk dad all the time kind of hits home. So, you know, there's different things to gravitate to um, while, while also leaving some room for more. And a lot of series these days don't do that. They give you everything at one shot, and you're expected to be like, huh, that happened. This right now made me salivate for more. We're announced for a Christmas special to happen. Of all the craziness that happened in episode 10, I can't wait to see what happens this Christmas and what they'll do. Maybe we'll get a black Christmas. <laughs> that would be pretty dope, especially, um, or maybe something to do with Krampus or something like that. I don't know, but I think it would be pretty dope to see what this series does for Christmas and then going into the second season next year. Anyway, guys, that's all I have for you today. Hopefully you guys check it out if you feel like you have nothing to watch. You know, treat this as either background noise or tune into it. Be glued to it. This is something you can actually sink your teeth into and binge. This is very bingeable. I did. Um, and pick up a comic book as well, too. The Chili's Adventures is, you know, not necessarily finished right now. It's on hold. It's one of these comic books that, unfortunately, sometimes um, creative differences do happen. And comic books are kind of put on hold for a year or two before they're actually really finished. But, yeah, the, the whole first arc of that comic book series is fantastic. I want you guys to go out of your way and try to read it. Very fun. Very fantastic. And read some Archie comics as well, too. Anyway, guys, I'm out of here. You can always find Sideshow Conversations on Instagram at Sideshow Conversations, on Facebook at Sideshow Conversations, and talk about this series. Talk about some Salem, talk about some witches, talking about how you feel about Sabrina, your thoughts on how crazy it's driving that darkness. Um, if you want to check out the podcast, if you're hearing it right now, you're probably listening it through Anchor, you're probably listening it through Spotify and iTunes. Thank you for the subscription, for the listen, for the like. Um, I appreciate any kind of feedback. Any criticism is good criticism. Um, they're also on your other podcast outlets like Podbeam and things of that nature, Podcast Republic. So reach out, spread the good word. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more about Sabrina, maybe uh, the publication history and how she came to be and how she influenced so many series, let me know. I'll be happy to deep dive into that. Um, of course, if you want to reach me personally, Val Cisco at Instagram and, of course, Uncanny underscore V on the Twitter. Guys, it's been a pleasure speaking to you all today. It's been real. It's been fun. It's been chilling, even. Get your head out of the gutter, but keep your eye on the side.